West Beyond. Carl, Ryan, and Sam review the new movies you may want to see and talk a little news along the way. Venture with them for The Quest Beyond. The Quest Beyond. Welcome back to another episode, and we are here to discuss Cruella. That's right. Disney Plus has given us this gift. As we are still at home, we are still talking about streaming service movies. We're not lucky like some people who can go back to the theaters right now and watch some things. And that may mean, and we we're just discussing this for like the past week, we might miss out on Fast 9. F9 might not pan out for us. F's in chat. <laughs> yeah, big F's in chat on that one. So we're figuring out what to do. Obviously, as our province decides what it's going to open, what it's not going to open, what stage we're at, we are waiting to find out on that. But until then, we still got some movies to talk about. As I mentioned, Cruella. We got some more coming every week. We'll announce at the end of this episode what you guys can look forward to next week. Kyle's not excited for it, though. <laughs> I'm Ryan Starfire. I'm Sam McLennan. And I'm Kyle, also known as Lugan17. And we will be discussing some news topics. Weirdly enough, we could have talked about them all last week, too, because nothing new really came out. We had these all in the bank talk about last week but of course steven who came on to discuss army of the dead thank you again steven we appreciate him stopping by but we didn't want to burden him with too much because apparently the news topics we gave him in army of the dead still amounted to three hours worth of podcast so maybe maybe it's a good thing we took a pause on a few of these news topics bumped him back to this week hey hey we had one of the co-hosts of by the minutes on the show and I think Steven was holding himself back from how much we talked about the movie. That's, yeah, it was quite a lengthy review, but yes, it did not seem, re-listening to it, did not seem like we went everywhere that movie could have generated. But you can listen to that in-depth stuff on Army of the Dead by the minute whenever they decide to release that guy in the future. So you can look forward to that and go listen to Steven there. But... You guys are here with us, so you might as well listen to us. Why would we push you away? We got shit to say, too. And what better place to start than with the news? So to start us off with the news, let's actually go all the way back and work forward. And that is we have two casting updates on a movie that we've been talking about for a little while. We've gotten a few members already a part of it. We know Daniel Craig is starring in it, and he's solving a murder. We knew Dave Batista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn. And now we're adding two more cast members to Knives Out 2. And Netflix paid a handsome $400 million to make Knives Out 2 and 3 with Ryan Johnson. So... On Netflix, we're getting this whole team together, and now we're going to add in Leslie Odom, du- <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr., who we might know as One Night in Miami, if you've watched the movie, but his big claim to fame, of course, is Hamilton. That's right. All you play lovers out there, I love a good musical. Um, he's Aaron Burr. Thank you very much. 
He is Aaron Burr. Have you seen it yet? I've watched it. Okay. <laughs> I did after we brought it up last time. I was like, not again. Sam's the only one that holds this card of not watching shit. I'll go watch Hamilton. I'll watch it, but on mute, though. <laughs> Subtitles? No, like, not wow, even. These, these subtitle tracks are going by really I just, quickly. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> visually soak it in. That's about it. That's how That's how you're supposed to do it anyway. That's what Lin-Manuel said, so who knows? Actually, yeah. just, re- just read the book, the, the playbook. Yeah. Of the of the of the musical. You get the same experience. <laughs> Hits you right in the feels that way. Yeah. But yes, Leslie Odom Jr. joining the cast of Knives Out 2. And on top of that, a few days later we found out Kate Hudson also gonna join Knives Out 2. And you probably know who Kate Hudson is. You don't really need her backstory, where she's from, obviously Kurt Russell, Goldie Goldie Hahn's daughter. That is where she's from biologically. Biologically, yes. <laughs> and we also know she's done a bunch of rom-coms. A few with Matthew McConaughey. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Fool's Gold. Uh, what else does she do? Brides Wars. She was in Glee for a hot minute. Was she really? Yeah. She showed up as like um, a supply teacher or something. I don't know. Interesting. I didn't know she was ever in that. I'm pretty uh, sure she was in Glee. <laughs> of course, Almost Famous might be the one of her breakout roles and I would say that's like what anyone really knows her from that or Yumi and Dupree of course yes she was in Glee I was right she was in Glee there we go but yes Kate Hudson Leslie Odom Jr. Sam how do you feel about these members joining this cast I mean what I said before when we talked about casting uh, about this movie was you know how can you not like what they've done so far how can you not like the choices you'd have to be dumb and then i'm just going to replicate that now like these are two great personalities talented people you know you love to see it you love to see a big group of talented people get together and make something so obviously everyone's a fan of what ryan johnson did with the first one and hopefully they are excited about what the second one has to offer so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on board the Knives Out 2 train, so let's see what else they have up their sleeve. I don't know if that's the end of casting announcements because it has been um, a little bit since they announced these. So maybe this is the end. Maybe this is uh, the full cast, but you never know. They're, they could pop out a another random, like, you know, who knows? Maybe like Jackie Chan will show up. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I'm on board. All right, and throws out a big name to maybe add to this cast in Jackie Chan. That's something to think about. That'd be pretty wild. Kyle? I'd rather Jackie Chan than Kate Hudson, if I'm being completely honest. I I have nothing against her as an actor. I'm just kind of indifferent to her, her career in general. Outside of that, she was in Glee, because I did watch that entire series because uh, I'm a sucker for musicals. Yeah, but Kyle, uh, her hair was blue in Bride's Words. I've never seen that, so I can't help you with that. Don't look at me like that. You haven't seen Hamilton. Her, her one hair, of those was a cultural icon. Her hair was blue. Was Bride's Wars. <laughs> um, Leslie Odom Jr., who I always want to call uh, um, um, o- uh, Odell Beckham Jr., because 
it's it, the the names are so similar in my head. It's funny uh, that you bring that up because I always just think <laughs> Lamar Odom <laughs> when I read his name, the Lakers basketball player. Yes, so I, I mean the guy is he is a superstar. He is a tr- uh, a true Renaissance man, a jack of all trades, master of all. Um, honestly, as much as I love him singing. I don't want people to think that's a crutch for him. I think his performance clearly was acknowledged in One Night in Miami. So I think on paper, this currently is a better cast than we had in Knives Out 1. In terms of star power. There's like, you you kind of had tiered stars, and so far this seems to be almost more modern in the celebrities that they're casting. So I'm, again, like the sentiment Sam said, I just, I'm waiting for the movie now. Like, I'm on board. Like, ticket is bought. Just, I, or, I mean, it won't be. Hopefully we get them in theaters, fingers crossed. So I, I'm excited for this whenever we get it. Uh, a good reason for Netflix to bring it to theaters yeah they might make some big bank off this one having it playing both places but obviously this one still i believe needs to be shot although i did see a rumor today that it's they're aiming for near the end of this year to start filming this thing maybe sooner than later so we might get this movie fairly quickly it might come down the pipeline and that's not a bad thing which means a we're gonna get more casting news to talk about with that too because i don't think this cast is fully filled out just yet given how big that first cast was but yes it it does seem like they are filling it out with just big names across the board whereas in the first one you got like chris evans and the kid from it who i forget his name always but like these sort of stars nowadays but most of them were like jamie lee curtis people who pop up and you're like oh shit i remember her it's not it's not like the drawing a-listers anymore so i mean yeah don johnson is not dave batista <laughs> although we've never seen them in the same room so it's hard to say that too <laughs> that we can't, is true i can't commit <laughs> i hope oh. our listeners now are like i need to find a picture of dave batista and don johnson <laughs> you won't can't do it never happened they're the same person Yes, I'm obviously on board with this casting. Leslie Odom Jr. has crushed it and everything I've seen him do. It is curious to see. You gotta get the guy to sing. Like I, I feel like yeah, you don't want it to be a crutch, but the guy sings so well. You're not gonna have like a random piano in the corner and the guy starts singing, even if it's not a full ballad. Just give him a couple seconds, and uh, we'll move on from that. But he's obviously great. Kate Hudson she's sort of in trouble recently with that was it music or is it called i think it's called music right yeah it was the sia fucking debacle that the, whole movie that random movie that got nominated for golden globes yeah that that whole train wreck that shouldn't exist because of its poor depiction of certain certain groups we won't get into that too much further but she's she has i guess something to prove from coming off that and they're gonna leave that in the past i obviously like kate hudson for the work that she's done in the past all the movies we've listed 
my fiance and I watched the Matthew McConaughey How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, especially quite frequently. It's she's always great when she's in those roles. So yeah, I'm all on board. You can't not love Almost Famous. What she's gonna do in this one? I'm wondering if we're gonna get a classic Kate Hudson in that way, where she's a bit, a bit more of like an airhead, a bit more ditzy, or who knows? Maybe she's the killer in the making on this one. It's maybe we see a different side of her. It's that'd be kind of cool. Is Ryan Johnson starts playing these people off type, every single one of them, just to throw us off. It's. It's hard to say what's going to go on with this movie, of course. Until we see anything, we don't know what's going on. Just big names keep getting at it. And until then, we're just going to keep talking about those names as they come in. Uh, with that... Wait! Wait! Everyone move. No, sorry. Everyone don't move. No sudden move. Is the next movie we're talking about. That's right. That was a terrible segue that I just thought of. And we're going with it. Because we got a trailer from Steven Soderbergh. He's back with a movie starring Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, Ray Liotta, John Hamm, Brendan Fraser, and there's Kieran Culkin, Amy Simetz, Julia Fox. Big cast. This one coming from HBO Max. And it might be coming later this year. Now, I don't know what this movie was even about. How this made the list or anything. I have zero information other than I saw somebody posted about this in our chat. And I added it to the list. So It's Sam, just a cast list. There's no footage. <laughs> Sam, what is No Sudden Move? Uh, it's a movie that I want uh, put into a funnel and injected into my butt right now. Because... This movie is like the the movie for me. I, I'm I'm super into heist movies. I love like Ocean's Eleven. This is coming from Steven Soderbergh, uh, a dynamic cast. You know, uh, all the names that you mentioned. I'm a huge fan of everyone there. So, um, with Soderbergh coming back to the heist genre after Logan Lucky. Um, I'm all for it. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm super excited. Uh, cool that it's an HBO Max original. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be there. Heist movie. Did not see that coming. I was very confused. I didn't even look too far into this one, but apparently it's set in the 50s in Detroit. So that there's that element, too. That's a big cast. Very excited. So... You can't suddenly move, apparently, but Sam will suddenly butt chug, and that's that's saying some. <laughs> Benicio del Toro, come on, that that's just. I like, find it funny though, like a heist movie in the fifties seems like yeah, you just like cover your cover your face with a mask, like it just in terms of we've had so many modern heist movies. I feel like something that is older, you're like yeah, of course you just. It's how's it hard? <laughs> like, there's no security cameras. That, yeah, that's really true. Like, you just <laughs> hop on a horse and you go away. Getting your Model T. That's, well, maybe it won't good. be about getting away with it. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be some I, other yeah, kind of conflict. I, I have nothing to add. 
<laughs> nothing. Now, now like, Ryan, you see. could have watched this trailer. You should have watched this trailer because it's just fancy After Effects. It's just like all That's the names. It. Yeah, it's just names. I need you guys to tell me: is there a getaway buggy? That's there better be. There better be. That's what there needs to be. High stakes. Yeah. Horse chase is what right, I want. Yeah. Besides that, all right. I opened Not- this link and thought, did I open the wrong trailer? Because <laughs> I was so confused. Well, apparently we're going to get to find out about all about this movie when we can watch it very soon. So I guess we'll have to hold out for that because that mm-hmm. did not pitch me on anything besides finding out it's a heist movie, which <laughs> I was in with that cast anyway. But heist movie, all right. I'll watch them. I'll see what they're up to. See how up close and personal Soderbergh's going to get with this. But moving on from that, let's jump back to some casting as well. Because we're going out of order, but we're just going as things were released. And that means we're getting a remake. And in that remake, there's going to be a pretty high-profile star. You might know him from The Witcher on Netflix. You might know him previously as Superman. But all those those things, they got fan castings and people saying, oh, it should be this person. Oh, it should have been this person. No. There can be only one. That's right. I worked that in, too, because it's for Highlander. All right. Henry I got Cavill. a prop for you guys. And Ooh. so for the record, this is the Henry Cavill action figure for Batman versus Superman. OK, so <laughs> just tell me if you think this looks like Henry Cavill. Hmm. Uh. I, can't, I can't tell if they CGI a mustache off of it. There you go. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not terrible. It, it looks like, it, like John Travolta. <laughs> oh, his hair definitely. That's not like, Cavill's hair at all. But can I get it focused again? I hope so. Come on. It. it no. It just kind of has that generic Superman look to it. Yeah, like it looks like every actor who's ever played Superman. Yeah. In one face. Yeah. You know when they like meld all the faces into one. Yeah. That like, definitely but that's did the not- problem. You. You can't get away get with Cavill's it. Cavill's chin, though. He's got no when like when it's just the entire head. You have to get it right. Sorry if I sound far away, because if you don't, it looks really weird. That definitely looks like Superman, but yes, you, yeah, I could see that not being Henry Cavill. You have to see um, when the Beauty and the Beast remake came out, and they originally had the Emma Watson Bell doll. And what that looked like and then fans reacted to that because it was terrible and they had to come out with a new one and it, lo- it looks a lot better but if you compare the two it's like night and day interesting so sometimes the the resemblance just isn't there when sometimes they don't get the rights isn't that a th- oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's bad <laughs> <laughs> wait is that um, the actual figure yeah, I remember this. I thought that was this. a Photoshop face no, on there. No, <laughs> it looks like Justin Bieber. Yeah, that's horrifying. Look at the forehead. That's yeah, not yeah. real. That's a five head. Oh, man. That was weird to see. <laughs> Jumping back on track, Sam. Sorry. How are you feeling about Henry Cavill and starring in the Highlander films? Uh, so I'm not a, a Highlander, you know, 
film fan uh, per se, and but I'm. I think as a jumping off point, this certainly gets me excited to get into it because, you know, however I felt about, you know, the various Superman films with Henry Cavill, I like him. I think he's great and is obviously just a movie star. And so something like this, pairing him with an action franchise, Sword and Sandal, you know, we've already seen him prove himself with The Witcher. Uh, the man knows how to handle it himself with a sword so hey let's do it i'm i'm a big fan of sword and sandal stuff um and henry cavill so mix those two together yeah we got a we got a pie well they're teaming up that pie with uh john wick director chad stahelski oh okay yeah even more things you like there i you know what i there hasn't been a movie that chad stahelski has made that I don't like. I think Atomic Blonde was criminally overlooked in the action genre when it came out. Sorry, I think that was the other director. I think that was, uh, what's his face? No, it wasn't. David, uh, what's his name? What's his pants? Oh, David Leach. Wait, which one is it? Sorry, is it not David Leach that's doing Highlander? It's the Helsky. It's the other one. You're right, I'm so yes, I have enjoyed all the John Wick movies. So my point, yeah, whoa, it's still the same, you, yeah, Sam. I, I yeah. So here, but honestly, this is this is me being weird, and I know this. I <sighs> confession, I couldn't get through The Witcher the first time uh, when it came out. I know that I will like it, but I have to give it another try. But what's what has me kind of with some mixed feelings about this is that. If you Google Christopher Lambert or Lambert or Lambert, if you're in the United States, he has like this long brown hair. Now, I guess because we've seen the or Henry Cavill's Witcher everywhere and he's got the long golden locks. Aesthetically, I need him to have like a mane as opposed to like perfectly uh, straight, like hot, straightened hair to differentiate for myself like again henry cavill is a movie star and i'm very happy that he has found other franchises to be a part of and highlander is one of those cult classic movies that is not good but i love it and more importantly though who is going to play his master it was sean connery in the original so let's we're famous on our og podcast for throwing out uh hail marys sometimes they come true john oliver i as rafiki no no oh zazu my oh my god oh my brain i'm so tired today zazu whoa there we go Let, uh, so who is gonna be that elder scotsman i kind of hope even though he does it so well but he's done it too much i kind of hope it's not liam neeson you know we've seen him do this right many times yeah, we've seen Qui-Gon. We don't need him back as the master. Now, if Simon Pegg shows up, I'm not going to be surprised either. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're going to go different. Go different the opposite way. way? Yeah, go the opposite way. <laughs> It'll happen. Sure, yeah. Why not? I'll be honest. I have not watched the original Highlander. That's on the list of shame, the bucket list to watch down the line before this one. I know the there can be only one thing. 
because it's been a joke used since the dawn of time, or I guess since that movie came out. But yeah, okay, for I've, context though, I don't. I'd forgotten this. The character that Sean Connery plays in Highlander, maybe a little bit of whitewashing, just a little bit. So Sean, Sean Connery, the famous Scottish actor, played Juan Sanchez Villalobes Ramirez. Okay, so with that context, maybe we're going Danny Trejo. <laughs> Machete. I had totally yeah. forgotten that's what his name was. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some news, because that oh. does not scream Sean Connery to me. <laughs> Oh, oh you know, sorry. It says I'd forgotten this too. I thought he was of a different ethnicity in terms of the the character's background. But if you Google it, it says he's an Egyptian immortal. So I am praying to Chad Stahelski. There is a great actor who has been criminally underused for anything. He became popular in The Mummy. Od- Oded Fair. Needs to be this guy. If you're picking somebody who's from Egypt, that is the perfect actor for this this role. All right. He was um. Oh, uh, what was his name? He was in the Mummy movies as the Magi. Our Death Bay. That's who Oded Fair is. Oh yeah, he was in um, Deuce Bigelow. The first yes. one. Yes. That's the guy. Yeah. He's- yes. Yeah. He dropped off the face of the earth. Like he was yeah. like a super attractive guy at that point in time. I thought he was going to blow up like crazy and he just disappeared after those movies. I know he did a lot of voice acting. He was the voice of Dr. Fate in the uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited series. But like he would be incredible in that role now. Like he's a straight silver fox. So you, he needs to have like go back to the Magi hair and the beard and he would be perfect. If the character's supposed to be from from the Middle East or Egypt, sorry, I should specifically, that's what it says in there. So I don't know. We'll see. I hope it's going to have cool action. I don't want anything that at, at all resembles John Wick. Like give me classic, not sandals, but sword and sandals fighting like long sword fighting is an entirely different thing. And when done well, it looks awesome. When done poorly, it looks like, Bran of Tarth versus the Hound. All right, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to say what they do with this. Obviously, it's uh, a well-known property at least. It's gonna be something I'm gonna have to delve into to see. But I am excited to hear Henry Cavill's doing it. That just sounds exciting. You throw that guy in any action movie, yeah, I'm there to watch it. I don't care what we get. Is he gonna have a beard? Is he gonna have a mustache? Those are the questions I need answered at this point in time. Those are the only things that matter, really. But from that, we'll talk about another trailer. That's right. We're jumping all over the place as we get these things done. And we got a trailer for Edgar Wright's new movie. And if you guys will jaunt your memory a little bit back to when we gave our lists of shit we're looking forward to for the rest of the year, this one ranked on my top five. And that's for Last Night in Soho. Sam. Yeah. I didn't watch this trailer. Oh. How'd it look? How'd it look, man? <laughs> it looks good. It looks really good. Um, it has a vibe to it. It has like this 
psychological um it almost has like a a european horror type vibe if that makes any sense and i know the the movie does take place in europe is it in london or france um anyway it looks good i feel edgar wright um his batting average is just so high so him tackling horror you gotta know the man's going to um pull out all the references pull out um all the tricks so in terms of the trailer you don't really get a huge sense of what the story is going to be necessarily you get the sense that there's like another a mirroring universe going on in this hotel like her what uh, i forget the kyle or, or ryan what the lead actress's name is like in real life uh, uh, well there's anya taylor joy and there's thomason mckenzie thomason mckenzie yes so Who she seems to be Jojo our Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Yes. She seems to be our protagonist. And then um, in this hotel. In Matt special- Smith just being a creeper as per usual. Yeah. And uh, it seems like Anya Taylor-Joy is like her. I don't even know how to describe it. Like she sees her in the reflection as her. It's like her. It's her like mirror doppelganger. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's. It's and very weird. It's very weird. So, I mean, obviously the horror is going to stem from there. Does Anya Taylor-Joy enter her world, replace her, you know, mess up her life? I don't know. But it's on that vein. So, uh, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a good time at the movies. I'm surprised you didn't go with the comparison to Sucker Punch where it was her projected form, like the ninja version. Huh? Not going to work that in? Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I got to remind myself somehow work in Sucker Punch with every single opinion. Does Sucker Punch have a 4K? Uh, I don't know. It has a steelbook, which I have. <laughs> um, I really, this is weird. I am not a huge Edgar Wright fan. <sighs> Baby Driver was okay for myself personally. I think it started off really well and then kind of peters out by the end um so this looks weird and i like any time he wants to tackle a new genre i think that's a good idea from um it's challenging the director and it allows him to play with some new tricks so this is weird and intriguing and uh i'm on board for the most part it kind of just reminds me that like matt smith has kind of like fallen off after being the doctor it just seemed like his career kind of just like it's going obviously but I mean, nobody should really have a career after Terminator Genesis, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> it's creepy it. and it's... Yeah. This looks like if Ex Machina and Bad Times at the El Royale had a baby. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I, I heard one of the main selling factors of this was like uh, some sort of fashion element. Ooh, yeah. Is that- Six, it's all 60s. Everybody's in like long, ba- long bangs and yeah, it's it the, the the style of it. Not shockingly, is dripping in this in this trailer alone. And the use of color is really cool. I do appreciate that. There's tons of red and blues, mm-hmm. which just makes it look different as opposed to like a standard fare f- um, for a horror film or even a thriller. So 
I'm hoping there's a lot more to more to the eye with this film, but overall the the overall like pitch in this teaser is it's pretty intriguing. Interesting. But it leans more into the horror stuff and not into the fashion world. I mean, she I, we're not really it's, sure what she is. It's, it's weird. Yeah, but, it's certainly no Cruella. We'll just say that. Or it's No, it's not that. It seems like the fashion is important when she is in her 60s form which is the Anya Taylor-Joy, right? Okay. She's like, like I don't know. I don't even, like, TV It, it looked like around. she was a go-go dancer or something. Yeah, that, thank you. That's, yeah. yes, that is the app description I was looking for. I couldn't find. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. And Sam brought up Cruella there. Perfect way to segue, but we're not taking that yet because we're <laughs> going through terrible segues. This whole news topic these could have been grouped better because now we're jumping back to casting news. That's right. Could have easily grouped a few of these things get together, made it flow smoothly, but not today. No. That's some bullshit. You guys are just going to have to clunk along with us. I have forgotten final... what all of the topics are because <laughs> we're hopping around so much. Well, the final news topic we were talking about is the cast of Sandman on Netflix filled out filled out with 12 new people to go along with i guess their original update of quite a few bigger names gwendolyn christie who we briefly mentioned brianna tarth earlier charles dance game of thrones fame uh boyd holbrook from logan and tom sturridge is supposed to be one of the one of the lord of the dreaming and the librarian of the dreaming i don't know why i'm gonna try and pretend i can say her name vivian Akimpong? There we go. That's my best guess. But Maybe it's Akim? I don't know. We will find out by the time the show comes out. We will look into it. But we knew about those cast members at least a little while ago. I believe near the start of the year they released that. But they released quite a big cast after that. I guess more recently, uh, David Thewlis is going to be joining. Remus Lupin, our bad guy from Wonder Woman. Uh, let me oh i'm so excited you go ahead because all right so there's a bunch of changes that uh first off if you care that something has to be the race of the white character stop listening to the podcast quite honestly i I, we don't need your support because people are flipping out because death in the comics is typically this very pale uh uh woman and it's not, they cast the actress who is actually in Cruella, who's, I have to find, I have the list up here. Oh, is she the journalist uh, or the reporter? Yeah, Kirby Howell uh, Baptiste, mm, who plays okay. Anita. So she's playing Death. I think she's going to do a great job. There's been a ton of gender swapping with this, which I think is really cool. Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer could not be more different than Tom Ellis as Lucifer, and I think that's kind of important because I don't. Have you guys read these graphic novels? No, no. I highly recommend to our listeners that if you are a fan of anything Neil Gaiman has made, Good Omens, um, not New Gods, uh, American Gods, uh, listen to the audible audiobooks they did for the first i think it's four volumes they're incredible or go out of your way and read the graphic novels they're so great 
And it's just, it's as if he wrote Shakespearean plays into graphic, into the DC universe. Dream is such an interesting character. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they look, uh, pursue that. Uh, Jenna Coleman will be playing Johanna Constantine in multiple. She'll be playing the elder in the 18th century as well as the present day. So there's a uh, gender swap for John Constantine, which I have to say I'm really on board for because a lot of people love Matt Ryan. And I have no issues with Matt Ryan as Constantine, but this is a very different Constantine in the uh, Sandman universe and is it Hellblazer? Yeah. Yeah, Hellblazer universe. Then what we're getting in the current DC universe. David Thewlis as John D slash Dr. Destiny. After listening to the audiobook for this, I cannot wait to see what he does with this character. It is so fucked up. There is going to be scenes, if they adapt it close to the source material, where it's going to be almost saw but not that indulgent. Like, specifically, that character can fuck with everything you can see and creates these horrible visions in this diner. I was... I, I read these comics in high school, but I, I couldn't wait to listen to them. Be like, James McAvoy, Taron Edgerton, Neil Gaiman himself narrates the audiobook. And I was listening to the scene in the diner, which I'd read, but I'd forgotten how explicit it was. And listening to it made me uncomfortable. So I can't wait to see what they can really do with this. I hope it's given the budget it deserves. Stephen Fry as Gilbert, I think is going to be really cool. Patton Oswalt needs to be in everything. I think that should become the new law of comic books. The running joke for a long time was... Not uh, Chai Wattel, uh Chiwetel Ejiofor? No, the other. Um, he was the Wiz. Um, he was in Furious Seven. Hans, what's his first name? Is it Hans Gruber? <sighs> no, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the guy who goes who. Oh, for, uh, uh, oh, Javon Hansu. Yes. So I think this cast is going to be really great. Charles Dance as Roderick Burgess is going to be really cool. He is the character. So this in the very beginning. Dream is um, a god of dreams. And he gets trapped by this uh, mystic believer uh, who's going to be played by Charles Dance. And he's trapped for century or for I think it's like 70 years in the books, which I think they're keeping the 70 years, but they're bringing it to the modern day. And this essentially during that 70 years, like shit has gotten out of whack. Like there are all these different kingdoms and what all the different roles that they have in. And you, you, you travel with dream or the Sandman as he's trying to regain all of his mystical items and re become the king of the dreamscape again. Like this is going to be so cool that I'm really excited for this and I I want it now. <laughs> but I think they did a really good job kind of diver diversifying a cast that was not, I mean, there wasn't a ton there to begin with, but um, I think it's going to be, it's either going to be a huge success or I really hope it rides that cult fame because we have seen shows that have big casts get greenlit on Netflix and only get to do one season. So I know this is greenlit for one, but to my knowledge, I don't remember exactly how the 
breakdown of the story is going to be for the um, like how much of the comic are they going to get for a season one I'm that I'm not sure about interesting well Sandman has always been on my radar every circle I am a part of that has comic books involved recommend and talk about Sandman like it's the holy bible and because it receives so high praise and it's been talked about so much I completely shut it out and pretend it doesn't exist because I will not listen to those people too many people say it I'm just going to pretend it's not something that I'm ever interested in but I I can't imagine it being bad like it literally is talked about as one of the best books of all time as far as I've been told so audiobook that's that's giving me more intrigue I actually I did hear about that recently too that's quite good so maybe that's where I'm going to take my steps in Netflix the casting on this sounds pretty great Neil Gaiman has his full support behind it he's all for what's taking place and he told everyone else to fuck off if they had a problem with it so that's wonderful to hear well it's why it's taken so long right like Sandman has been one of those things that was almost essentially on the blacklist because it wasn't gonna get made without Neil Gaiman's support yeah I remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt was supposed to be in a movie a while ago and (laughs) that of course hasn't gone anywhere but we'll, we'll see where this goes Netflix is starting to take a lot of chances on comic book stuff it seems like we got Sweet Tooth down the pipe. We got Sandman coming. I'm curious to see, obviously, the Jupiter's Legacy thing. We won't. We can just touch on that it's been canceled after one season, and I've heard that wasn't great. But the Mark Miller stuff is, you know, he's going to be pumping out stuff. So they're taking some chances with some lesser-known comic book properties. Sandman, one of the biggest known comic book properties out there. So let's see where they land with this. Maybe this is their huge hit for a big franchise and a well-known property. Sam, you got anything else you want to add to this one? Uh, You know, obviously we know I'm not the big comic comic book guy, but from the sounds of it, this has a lot in common with a movie called Sucker Punch. And uh, let me tell you why. Uh, Dreams, right? dreams she's goes into dream worlds in her mind you guys want to go along with this or no um mr sandman bring me a dream yeah i'm just doing what ryan told me just to bring in sucker punch with every conversation but anyways um yeah joseph gordon lev that's too bad because uh, imagine if he was in this he could have played it as like his donjon character or something hey because that's dream it's coming to my dream interesting challenge because he (laughs) he talks a lot but he's very quiet and like he'll have outbursts of anger but for the most part he's kind of just sort of moving through everything that's going on Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting because that character like dr destiny specifically has been in a bunch of other dc stuff like all the sandman characters have been brought over to main DC universe. Yeah. Um, Dr. Destiny was kind of used in the Elseworld storyline in the Arrowverse. Um, and he was used in uh, Justice League Dark, which was an animated movie. Like, there's been a lot of, like... Uh, and then, obviously, there is Lucifer, the, uh, the what was CBS, I believe. Or Fox, doesn't matter. It's Netflix now, which is going into its last season, so... 
I think this can really differentiate itself from a lot of superhero superhero stuff that is out there. So this could I'm if done well, this should get Emmy nominations. Absolutely, it definitely has that that interest and backing behind it. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, when it comes out, we'll be watching it. Sam ruined any seriousness I have for this topic going forward. Oh, I'm done, John. All hey. I care about are dreams, working out, and porn. Watching hey. my pornos, eh? Forget about it. My ride, my I girl. I saw Don John in theaters. Did I tell you guys that? I think I did, too. I'm pretty sure I did. I, he definitely didn't talk like this, but... <laughs> My it's boys. just adding to it now. They're from New York, though, aren't they? Right? Like, he's supposed yeah. to be like a... a I'm from the Bronx. Actually, yeah. Jersey, that's right, yeah. I think it's a Jersey character, yeah. yeah it's Jersey. Oh, I'm walking in. <laughs> What's going on? The best scene in that movie is when he's listening to Good Vibrations and then, like, elbows the window of his own car. Yeah. <laughs> um, Classic. This has been Don John. John. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, that... Didn't expect that to spin out of Sandman. There you go. There's the comparison you guys wanted to hear. Don John and Sandman. And the comic book, any sort of comic book fans that we had are long gone now. But anyone else who's sticking around, we got one more thing to talk about with you guys. Not news related. We're going to our review. And that is for Cruella. Cruella! That's right. We're talking about Cruella. Uh, Disney Plus gave us this one. I'm sure we would have had to see in theaters, but of course, what's going on? Thankfully, we were allowed to still see this in Canada. And just off that, Sam. No! What is Cruella about? Cruella is a live-action prequel feature film following a young Cruella de Vil. that's all it says that's all it says on IMDB (laughs) that's awesome it's basically just like this is a Disney movie (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much what it was yeah wow yes Cruella DeVille the bad guy of 101 Dalmatians wait 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 sorry I need to know this Sam can you really quickly google the plot for Maleficent I want to see how close it is the first one just to see if it's like the same mm-hmm. thing just I do copy yeah I'm and very paste. curious the IMDB yeah summary yes yes please it's a little bit longer a vengeful oh. fairy is driven to a curse an infant princess only to discover that the child may be the one person who can restore peace to their troubled land so it, like it actually describes something that sounds like somebody who's seen the movie the yeah. IMDB one sounds like somebody who has not seen the movie <laughs> yeah Jesus <laughs> Well, yes, we're following Emma Stone, who's taken on the role of Cruella DeVille in this one. And she is up against Emma Thompson. That's right. The Battle of the Emmas in this one in Cruella. And with that, well, you guys know what Cruella does. She wants to make Dalmatian coats. But was that what this movie is about? Don't ask that guy who wrote that IMDb blob. That's for sure. He doesn't fucking know. Sam. Without spoiling anything, what do you think about Cruella? So we spoke about Cruella last uh, in regards to the trailer. We talked about the trailer, and with that, we kind of, you know, anticipated a movie that 
was going to take place in like the fashion world and like how on earth is this going to relate to the Cruella de Vil we know from the the previous Disney movies um and you know I think they really followed through on what they promised in the trailer they gave us a movie that takes place like almost completely in I guess it's, I don't know if it's the 1960s fashion London. 70s. 70s, 70s right? London. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, very Devil's Wear Prada. Oh, Devil Wears Prada-esque. And, um, yeah, like, I, I it's a fun movie. It has, like, a, a, a crazy pop rock soundtrack. Um, great costumes. Like, I think... It's a fun, entertaining, you know, surprisingly entertaining uh, Disney live action remake. But in the end, it just wasn't for me. Like, despite all those things it has going for it, uh, it just, you know, it didn't really, you know, get me there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for anyone who loves this movie. I'm sure this is going to probably play well to the like 10 to 16 year old um, female market, if that makes any sense. But, um, you know, it was mediocre for me. And, uh, and that's actually pretty good for a Disney live action remake, you know, because a lot of them have been, you know, atrocious and uh, crimes against humanity. So, I mean, at least that this one is, is it's like, it's well made. You, you can't dispute that. Like it's a, I mean, I think it's 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 well put together. It's made by talented people. You know, it's definitely watchable. You know, I didn't hate my life watching it. There's certain real like there's like really funny parts of it that we'll get into in the spoilers. You know, maybe unintentionally funny, but um, yeah, like it it has its entertaining moments. But in the end, I was just kind of like, okay, like I'll never watch that again. But you know, I didn't hate it, so. Glowing endorsements from Sam <laughs> Cruella. Didn't hate it. Well, probably won't watch it again. <laughs> Kyle, how'd you feel about this one? I'm of two minds on this. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little, uh, a little torn in that I think there's a lot of really great here. And there's a lot of meh. So let's leave no stone unturned. And let's talk about Emma Stone, first of all. She's fantastic. This is a super fun role for her that if you told me tomorrow that they are putting out 101 Dalmatians live action, technically it would be the second time they've, or it, yeah, it would be the second time they've remade 101 Dalmatians. And so it was Emma Stone and the people that they'd laid in this world. I would watch it tomorrow. So it did a really good job of building in the elements of, 101 Dalmatians is in the worst era of Disney where they were being cheap and there's a lot of recycled animation, but it's one of those movies that like people look back on really fondly. I don't love 101 Dalmatians. There's a lot I like about it, but I can think of 25 other cartoons I would probably put on before it. And so with that, I didn't have as deep a connection to it as I did with some of the other remakes. I think there's a lot of changes they made to this that are really cool. There's some things they do that are real dumb, and I cannot wait to get into the plot. Uh, I think Jasper and Horace, uh, 
Um, Stingray from Cobra Kai, also um, the bomber in that movie, or the alleged bomber. He was nominated for an Oscar. What was that movie called? Oh, Rich- oh Richard uh, Jewell. Paul Hauser? Richard Jewell, yeah. yes. What's that man's name? Paul Hauser. <laughs> he was really good. Like, the three of them work really, really well. Emma Thompson is deliciously evil. Mark Strong is in your movie, so it automatically gets a pass. Like, you need Mark Strong in your movie if it's set in London at any time. He's ageless. His jawline is getting better. I don't know if you guys... This was something that I noticed. I I immediately thought he would make a great um, Alfred. Like, maybe a little further down the line. He really, really would. Yeah. Yeah. He would. I'd watch that, yeah. Or Lex Luthor. Like, let's be honest. Mm, Like, just put him in something. He's got a great bald head, which not everybody does. I, um... So, yeah, I liked a lot of this movie. I think it's a good origin story, but at the same time, it's a bunch of missed opportunities. This story, it's it's very clunky. Uh, some of the character motivations I'm like, I followed along with, I'm like, okay. And then some of the... Cruella's character needed some more attention. In not that she's obviously the focus of the movie, but that in the explanations behind some of that don't work. I think the transition to Cruella was um, a little bit flubbed. There is some really bad CGI in this film. And I think the twist makes it worse. So I'm mixed. Like, I think... If I had to rank all of the live action movies this made, it may be in it's it's near the bot it's near the middle but in the bottom, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So for the record, I uh, Jungle Book is my personal favorite, and then I would say Pete's Dragon, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast are kind of clumped in there together, and then I would put Cruella and then the bottom half is like the two Maleficents and Alice and what like, but those are like Wade, like those are E and F tier. So like, they're not close. So there's a lot of this. I really, really liked. And I would, act, I would watch it again. I honestly would. I think the needle drops, some of them are really bad. Just too, um, too many. It's like the suicide lot. squad thing. There's a lot. So I think honestly, if you edited this movie one, again, it could be really great. So it's like, it's good. But like, kind of just barely because it's a very mixed bag. Okay. Okay. And I noticed you left out Mullen on your uh, list of live action remakes. Oh, Is yeah. You it? Mullen? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck is Mullen? Sorry. Mulan, honestly, the more I think about it, is at the bottom. I think it's worse than Lion King because of the missed opportunity that it was. I don't know. Lion King was pretty yes. bad. But at least Lion King, a stat- you're like, those look like real lions. They're not emoting, but they look like real lions. Like, you couldn't even fucking CGI. This is not a Mulan episode. You couldn't CGI snow on that mountain that's supposed to cause the avalanche. You just, like, shot it on a hill outside of... What's the stu... Weta? You just shot it on a hill outside the parking lot outside Weta? I don't want to get into Mulan. Mulan is the worst one. It's worse than Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo. And you can put that on the box. 
there it is, folks. Right out in front for you to read. But Cruella, it may not be the perfect movie. It is far from it. It's got quite a bit of flaws. I still had a pretty great time with it, though, and I think that comes with what we talked about at the end of the episode last week. It is a bit surprising to hear this movie was getting good reviews because everything we've heard about this one... I was like, this movie's gonna suck. Why are they... This is a terrible idea. Like, why are you making a movie about Cruella? I don't want to see that. Turns out I do want to see it, and I was cool with it. There are a few things here and there with the story, the choices. Yeah. I'd probably change them. There's probably better ways to do it, cleaner ways to do it, more exciting ways to do it. But overall, the story was engaging enough that I wanted to see the path she was on and see where she got at the end of this movie. It was fun to see uh, some events that did unfold. Some caught me off guard. We'll talk about those in spoilers. A lot of it is pretty cookie cutter, and it was even stuff that doesn't lead into 101 Dalmatians. It was just new stuff for this movie. Still pretty cookie cutter and easy to see coming quite early on, but the motivation for what's going on, what she's doing, the war of the Emmas in this one. It's a little bit a little bit ruffled here and there, but overall it was enjoyable to watch the whole process of it, which is a good portion of this movie, so that's at least good to say that I was fully captivated by that. Uh, I think it's for sure gonna land on nomination for costume design at the Oscars. 100% after seeing this one. It's got some really cool pieces in it, especially are pretty much all of Cruella's stuff that she does while she's Cruella. It was it was really well done and really cool to see. So yes, I was engaged. I was having fun. I'd recommend it. It's at least worth checking out. And I think that's as far as you can go with that at this point in time without spoiling anything. Um. I just want to circle back real quick to, to Emma Stone. Um, is this not like one of the first movies where she is like the top build, like she is the star of this movie? Because often it's like she's in a two-hander or she's in a... Um, you know, it's Easy A. a. Okay, yeah, easy A. That's true. Easy A was I know out. she's been attached to this for what feels like six years. Yeah, she like, seems I to be the driving like I'd force. I heard about this a really long time. Yeah. Um I like her. She like she I think has proven to be uh a really strong performer. She's really flexible. Like she's in lots of different kinds of movies. So um it's cool to see her get this like big starring Disney role and like nail it you know it was one thing that i find really funny about this though i don't know if you guys watch the credits they're very cool but this movie was produced by glenn close oh nice that's funny it was yeah. just kind of herself yeah. is getting in on this that's <laughs> i thought what I like that was kind of cool but oh i forgot i meant if somebody's listening back and they really are intrigued i forgot cinderella would be in my top three for the remakes yes yeah, i thought yeah. cinderella was really really good yeah but yeah Yes, Glenn Close. What? Why she wasn't in this movie? That's for another argument. I mean, but. yeah, Ming Na Wei or Wen was in Mulan. You couldn't sl- slide Glenn Close in here somewhere. 
Uh, you made like, two live action guess. movies. Yeah, two I, live action movies starring Glenn Close. I saw there are like there was rumblings of what their idea is for if oh, there for was a, a number two, like it would be a Godfather yeah. Part Two esque thing where you would bring in Glenn Close as the older one and go back and forth Hilarious. to Emmerstone. Yeah. That's a great idea, but it doesn't like. I, I, this is so funny because again I mentioned it I don't love the uh, the cartoon but how does that work well we can't really get into it why don't we sit we'll put a pin in this and we'll talk about it after spoilers because we can't talk I can't say what I want to say okay. without spoiling the end of this sure then let's let's leave it on the Emma Stone stuff was her first thing super bad yeah I think it was the first thing I noticed her in yeah for sure yeah that was for sure my exposure to her yeah Yeah. to my knowledge that was her first feature film yeah that was like one of the first R-rated movies while we were all in high school that really struck big and yeah she was huge from that point on like you she caught your eye wherever it is yeah easy A but yeah she is generally gangster squad like the what sorry (laughs) I guess remember gangster squad uh, do you guys oh, remember yeah, Aloha? Oh, Aloha, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we remember I'm Aloha now. <laughs> but yeah, she always is usually part of like the top billing. She's split with someone. Yeah, you know what she's great in, and this is like one of my wife and mine's favorite romantic comedies is Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, she was really good in Crazy Stupid Love. Because it's yeah. one of the rare instances, like, I feel like Mrs. Doubtfire kind of ushered this in where it's like the divorced couple doesn't get back together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was part of the big her the and Gosling. The Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, then, with that, a little reminiscent of Emma Stone there for you. Before we take this one, where Kyle can start throwing a bit more of what he's hinting at. Because we're going to spoilers. Spoilers one last time for Cruella. This is your last chance to get out. If you have not had a chance to go check out this movie on Disney Plus premium rental. I think it even came out in theaters, didn't it? Uh, In the States, yeah. Yeah, it had a limited release. So maybe you got to see it in theaters. Maybe you're back to living the regular life. We weren't. You son of a bitch. Thanks for bringing that up. Cruella, with spoilers on, Kyle, go nuts. All right, so we open on a baby with Cruella's haircut, or dye, or her hair color design, which for me already was a problem. I thought this was a stupid choice. How did you guys feel about this? Like her being born with that hairdo? With black and white hair, like... Okay, so one change I would have made, well, it would have felt more cookie cutter. So overall, here's one of my issues, and I'll bring it up throughout the plot, is she's Estella is her name, and she's not given a last name for some reason. Well, I mean, the movie tells you why, because she is the, she is adopt, she was given to a maid to raise very Cinder, or Sleeping Beauty-y, in that, like, Sleeping Beauty was taken, or Aurora was taken to the woods to be raised, but Cruella has this, like, alternative personality, which never really comes up after she's, like, 12. <laughs> like, you never see her struggling with it. She just, like, buries it and it dies. So instead, like, we really wanted this to be Joker, right? We did. So 
she should have been struggling with it and then when she when she goes for the first time to screw with the baroness later i know i'm hopping back and forth but i'll get there that's when the black and white hair should have been debuted right like she didn't have a joker reveal it was weak that that transition i felt was it was real quick they tried to like sprinkle some stuff but it could have been so well done and i feel like they dropped the ball the build up to it well and that's the frustrating part is emma does a great job being estella which again here's the thing i don't believe that they made a distinct difference really between the two of them because like she's like pickpocketing people with with horace and jasper <laughs> which i like that was a new change that i appreciated but I'm like, what part of that is good? It, so, like, <laughs> they were basically the little rascals for uh, yeah. the beginning of the movie. And then, like, cut to their, what, 20-something? And there's they still, like, look like little rascals. They got, like, the weird, you know, the hat sideways. And I, they're doing I love the, the clothing in this movie. <laughs> I really did. Yeah, everyone was dressed well. particularly Jasper, I thought was a real... Like, they added a lot more to those characters. So... Plot-wise, we're, we're, we're introduced to Estella, and she's acting like a Cruella, and she's she is the most extrovert you have ever seen, especially in England in the 60s. And she meets Anita, which I immediately went, Anita, darling! Okay, here's a stupid part about this movie. Anita doesn't have a last name until she marries Roger in the cartoon. And again, I am not one who's like... It has to be to the lore of the 101 Dalmatians. But the context in the cartoon is she's like, it's like me being like, Samuel, buddy. Like, that's how it seems in the cartoon. In this movie, if you look it up, Anita is listed as Anita Darling. Like, that's just her name. <laughs> you really <laughs> copped out on that. Oh, man. Roger has a last name. That was a, I, that was a change that I also didn't like because in the cartoon he like doesn't really know Cruella right he's like oh your friend from school but like in this version he like worked for her he's her lawyer anyways um so yeah so she gets kicked out of all these schools and she's this eccentric kid she wants to be a fashion designer so her mom's like you know what we have one stop and then we'll go to London and then you will make it big you will become the next I have no idea who was popular in the 70s or the 60s. Uh, I don't... Like fashion-wise? Yeah. I have no idea. Marilyn Monroe? Sure. You will dress Marilyn Monroe. Anyway, so they go to this party. And the, the internet took this scene by storm. And I was so glad I was not on Twitter this weekend very much. So she she she's given this necklace that almost looks like blood in a pendant. And she's like, this is your family heirloom. Hold on to this. She's like, stay in the car. I have to go talk to somebody. Okay, who do you have to talk to? Spoilers. It is her future mom or her, her actual mom, Emma Thompson, who's insane, by the way. And uh, so she's trying to get money from her because she this is the end of the movie reveal. This twist, I don't think it adds anything to the movie at all. I actually think what? it kind of weakens the ending. Yeah, like that's it's a two hour, 15 minute long movie. That was kind of like hour 45 in that they reveal. Yeah, that's her mom. And she was in this scene that they previously showed, but didn't reveal it was Emma Thompson originally. 
But when it happened, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. It would have been so much better if she made, like, if she was who were shown her is her, like, if she was the maid's kid in real life, but had some, like, if the story, if the Baroness had had a kid who what not was killed but died and but or like or assumed had been dead and she like conned her way into becoming the baroness's daughter it would have been so much better right like we get a, all like it's because they're doing heists and stuff throughout the movie uh make that a make that make that what's the line uh horace is always saying what's the it's like what's the track what's, what, the, what's angle? the angle yeah Right? So make that an angle. Like, you have made it on paper. I'm your daughter, so I get all your money. Because you go to jail. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're right. That would have been better. Yeah. It doesn't add any... Like, there's no No. emotional payoff or anything. It's not like she was wanting to be her her daughter. You know what? If they had made it that she knew and that maybe the Baroness had abandoned her because didn't want her, then that would give her more of a reason to care or want to connect with her. What? What? But that's the question. Why does Estella hate the Baroness? Well, at this party, she's crawling through and she sees all the people. And it looks like it's a almost like 18th century gala, right? Because they all got the big hair and big poofy dresses and whatever. And she then sees these three Dalmatians and they're chasing her because she's got this little dog and they're running and they're running. And they rush. she runs out of the out of the mansion, hides at this bush, and the dogs actually jump over her. And tackle the mob over the cliff. Which at this point I was like, has Disney lost their fucking mind? They have Dalmatian killers now. These well, dogs just you, killed someone. How did you guys react to this? I was like, huh? <laughs> this is ten minutes into the movie. I was like, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah, I can stop laughing. <laughs> Like, who, was, who would have Dalmatian guard dogs? That's what I don't understand. Like, that they're, they're very, gr- like, aggressive dogs, to my knowledge. Yeah, right? in so, real life, they apparently are. Really? So, but this is, this is yeah. one of those instances where they've made the change to... You're trying to de-vilify Cruella. So, how do you do that? Well, you make her mortal enemy of the cartoons actual bad dogs yeah dalmatians are bad but i guess by the end of the movie right they're redeemed right because they don't attack her i guess i mean yeah i guess because they were right instructed it feels like the two there's two sides of a story yeah and it feels like that where you've seen the side from the dalmatians where they're the good guys now we see cruella where she's in the right yeah it's i mean i guess by the end yeah the dogs are redeemed or whatever so Estella blames herself for this and she winds up in London where she meets these two pickpockets, Horace and Jasper, and she they become a a pickpocket trio and they're that's how they're surviving and she makes their clothes for all the different costumes so they're not recognized. And then on her birthday, Jasper, who I don't know about you guys, but he sounded a lot is in terms of his voice, I thought sounded very much like Benedict Cumberbatch. Um. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> uh, when we saw him on screen, uh, my wife and I, we immediately thought that looks like a young uh, Oscar from The Office. <laughs> like, a little bit, yeah. 
He has that resemblance. Isn't he much thinner? Oh, yeah, much. Yeah. But just okay. in, like, the forehead, face. Just, okay. Yeah. All right, I can yeah, I guess. see what it's going for. Um, yes, so on her birthday, she is given a job at the um, department store where she's a janitor. And again, like, throughout this entire montage, I'm like, I guess she's supposed to be Estella, like we talked about earlier. But, like, she's stealing and, like, robbing f- or from pickpocketing people. That's kind of more Cruella, isn't it? But I guess the thing is Cruella has a voice. That's one of the changes, right? When Cruella comes out, she's all popular and whatever. And I don't know if you guys noticed this Easter egg, but when she is cleaning in her boss's office, because she's like, you should let me sew because I'm really good. The There's a black and, black and white, or might not be in the office, but at one point there's a black and white movie happening and it's a woman laughing. And so that actress inspired the laughter for the 101 Dalmatians. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought that that, I thought that was really, really cool. I was only reason I knew about it was because that was something that Emma Stone mentioned in a press junket, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, so she's trying to become this person, uh, become a fashionist, a fashion designer. And her boss is like clean everything before the end of the day or whatever so she gets loaded and she does she does she edits one of the the windows at the front one of the displays and it causes kind of a ruckus where the baroness comes in the first time we're actually seeing her and she's like who did that and it's like this maid he's like she's like come with me and then her assistant looks like the kid from stranger things a little bit like the brother i thought I don't know. I haven't. I couldn't finish Stranger Things. I didn't. I didn't like it. Um. Anyways, but he was just like some guy, and so she's given this job where she. It turns out that the Baroness is essentially what everybody like that. There's that underground theory that that's what William Shakespeare was was just a factory of other people writing. Who's what's a what's a ghost like? Who's a famous ghost writer? Lee Patterson or Lee Child? Sorry, Casper. Pardon. Casper? <laughs> no. Casper. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, there are those authors where other people are writing their books. Yeah, I mean, isn't that how most of, like, celebrities' books are written? Is they, they just hire someone to write it for them? Yes. Right? So she is the brand. The Baroness is the brand. But other people are designing her clothes. And Estella is given this track to become the n- very popular with the Baroness. And they are getting closer and closer Till she realizes, she sees her necklace on the Baroness, and she's like, oh, where'd you get that? Oh, it's from this woman who's trying to extort extort from me, and then she was killed. So this is when Cruella comes out. And the transition, like we said, kind of um, fumbled in a way. It doesn't seem like, it's not this big moment. Like, we just see her show up at this one fashion show. And again, this, the, the costume design in this movie is fantastic. Phenomenal. And this starts a back and forth between the two of them. And Cruella goes to meet Anita. Like, you're going to be my pe- my person in the press who's going to be pumping up all pumping up my jams and, you know, plugging the brand. Yeah, because essentially Cruella starts doing these big public displays to embarrass the Baroness. But she always covers up her face or 
hides the Baroness from being able to see her. So she never puts two and two together, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, at one point, she's even got, like, paint over her face. And she's doing all these, like, um, flash mobs of of her newest designs to outdo the Baroness. And in the meantime, Roger, who is Pongo's owner from the cartoon, is the Baroness's lawyer. And there's nothing they can do about it. She's not breaking any crimes. And this is where the movie gets a little hazy for me. I'm like, where where are we going? Like, what's hap- what is the plan I guess it's to steal the necklace, but they don't get... Oh, sorry, yes. They go to steal the necklace, but then it's eaten by one of the dogs. The Dalmatians, yeah. Dalmatians. So they have to steal the Dalmatians, and this kind of sets off the Baroness, who's like, we're taking her down. It's going to be over. And so they're planning for this big... This is part of the problem with the movie. There's always another big fashion show. Like, they make a point of, like, the spring collection is the number one thing. And, like, Cruella makes this amazing jeweled gold dress, and then it turns out she makes a point of them thinking they're going to steal it. It's the very fast five. You think we're going to steal it, so you're going to have to lock it up more. But that's what she wanted because all the clothes get locked in in a vault. But then it turns out all the gold jewels are painted moth eggs. And then they eat all her clothes, which when it happens, I'm like, this has got to be near the end, right? Because you keep saying, like, this is the next fashion show or whatever. But then there's another one. Right? Like, am I wrong? Like, give it two weeks. There's another fashion show in this movie. Right? So, then there is another show where Horace and Jasper are tracked down to their, their, where they're hanging out. And then she discovers that Estella was Cruella, and she's like, I'm going to kill you. It turns out I'm a serial killer. I've killed multiple people. Which, before we get there, let's pause on that fashion show, that last one, because it was like Cruella's big coming out one at the fountain that her mo- like she talks to her mother at. Yeah, her dead mom. I, I just want to bring up the Iggy Pop and the Stooges song, I Want to Be Your Dog, which was a A, a great song to include, but B... That song fucks. If Keanu Reeves fucks, <laughs> that song fucks. I fucking love that song. Heard it the first time in Friday Night Lights, the movie. And me and my friends, I'm big into sports, so I play lacrosse. There are literal DVDs of us doing stupid lacrosse tricks called Lax Tricks Volume 1. And it is set to I Want to Be Your Dog because we fucking love that song so much. Okay. That's how much I fr- that well, song you've admitted that there's footage of this, so you have to tweet this out. There's no... Uh... I'll, I'll I'll hunt it. I know it's, it exists. Like, there's a cover for it. Like, we custom did this thing <laughs> top to bottom. It's like it's a literal Don, Don Cherry's... Uh, you know, like one of those... <laughs> what, a little bit like oh, that, Rock'em yeah. Sock'em? No, Rock'em Sock'em. When we hit here, Ryan, I'll... How do you feel about this? When we launch our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the quest beyond, if we get affiliate, we will play it in whatever episode follows that. It's like, I think it's a nine minute video, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. We'll play it. I'm for that. I'll get it by that point. So what I failed to mention to begin uh, to sorry, who is a key member in the fashion war with the Baroness is Artie, who's played by John McCrea, who is the first openly gay character in a live action Disney film. And I have to say he's great. And I'm very happy that he's just not a, 
a token character. That has been the history in gay characters in Disney films, right? We had the kiss in The Rise of Skywalker. We had LeFou, who they told us was gay, but then it never really comes up <laughs> at all. And so, not to take away from that steam, he does the cover of I Want to Be Your Dog as well. Yes. He sings that whole thing. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, this... Cruella is seemingly killed, but she's saved by Mark Strong, who decides, you know what, once I realized it was you, here's the twist. You're the mom, or she's your mom, and she's like, okay, here we're going to have a new master plan, which is we're going to get everyone's measurements for the, for the next, for the final gala, and we're going to have them all dress up like me, and this is going to set off the Baroness, and... This is Anita is there for press and they do a toast to Cruella. She's dead because you're all dressed like her or whatever. And this is killing the Baroness. And but Cruella goes as Estella. This is important because she is killed by the Baroness in front of everyone. Same way her <laughs> quote unquote mother was her, at the very start of the movie. Yes. But Cruella, or Estella, has got a parachute to a boat. She's a fucking James <laughs> Bond character. Okay, that made Which no sense had. to me. Like, the timing. Like, she fell off the cliff. She parachutes down. She falls into the water. She's picked up by a boat. And then somehow she shows up in a completely in Cruella gear. In the car. In the car, everything as... The Baroness is being taken by the police into the paddy wagon. Like, Which yes, just and it is revealed. Al- yeah. Alarmingly well controlled on that parachute, by the way. Like, did not have a lot of room. Friggin she was Tom Cruise. Somehow, like, and that CGI her of, of her going into the water is so bad. It's so bad. Like, I know the dogs don't look great. At some points in the movie, I thought they looked all right. All the dogs, like I'd say, ninety percent of the dog you see in this movie, it's a CGI dog. Yeah, and they're pretty good. There are times you're like, ooh, um, but the rendering of Emma Stone in the water was really, really bad. Like that immediately to me, I had like Black Panther uh, fight scenes in the in the mine flat, like PS. Uh, um, oh my god, post traumatic stress. PS. PTSD? PTA. PTSD. I don't know why I couldn't figure that out. PSTD? Yeah, PSTD. Um, Post-stress traumatic. And so Cruella is now has all her money. Again, it. I think they could have made this simpler, but also better in that. Why wasn't the, the... It should have been revealed that the Baron's last name was DeVille. No, they had like, to go all solo on us and be like... It was the car, hmm. right? It's the devil. No, it's a DeVille. Hmm. Oh, no. DeVille, I like that. Yeah, yeah so that, Cruella DeVille that was weak. now has... That was a weak one. Now, Cru- Cruella DeVille now has the mansion. She has the money. And one of her dogs is a little fat. And why is the dog fat? It's pregnant. And Genghis so here... Is putting on a little weight. Yeah. So here's where I'm confused about if they do this movie that they want they pitch the Godfather Part Two. Glenn Close already did the Hundred One Dalmatian story. When this ends, 
I mean, I'm not an expert on dogs, but they aged and get to sexual activity relatively quickly, right? So Pongo and Perdita are given to her, are given to two of the Baroness's former employees. And I just realized one of the things I said, which is that he knows Cruella. He doesn't. He actually knows Estella. So one of the issues I had earlier, that is not a change in the film. But you can't... So if they do this Godfather Part 2 film, that would be post... Technically... Or what would Glenn Close be doing? Because if you're going to use her... If this is a prequel to the ones she was in, she's already done the movies and more. Yeah, I think what you do is you tackle uh, cancel culture or something, and maybe she became like this big brand. People liked Cruella Deville, and maybe now they want her. They're after her for some reason. So, would the parts with Emma Stone be the Hundred One Dalmatians? Like, question: Would so. you guys watch that if they're like we're a Hundred One Dalmatians? Emma Stone, would you guys watch that? I would watch it in hopes that she, yeah, straight up murders dogs like that. Um, you know, those Dalmatians are clearly evil. Get rid of them. But they're good by I, the end. The three this, are good. Yeah, this movie, I'd say it's not the same universe as 101 Dalmatians. Like, I think this is a preboot or it's a prequel reboot. Yeah, it's Star and, Trek 09. Yeah, like if they go down that path and they want to redo 101 Dalmatians with Emma Stone, there's going to be need to be some new motivations that they're going to have to establish. Like, it'll be a whole new story or it won't make sense. It doesn't track. The, yeah, her hating the dogs doesn't make any sense to me. Like, she straight up has a Dalmatian coat in this movie. That's fake. Coat, yeah. Yeah. She said she said it and made the jokes because everyone would get them. But yeah. Yeah, it's it doesn't track the same way like. It definitely plays like it's a whole new story, and if it's going to continue and it's going to work, it's got to be redone. There's just a lot, like some little snippets, some little jokes here and there to connect it, but I'd say that was the weakest part of this movie was if they were trying to connect it, it was very poorly done. Mm-hmm. But if they're trying to reboot it, that makes sense. Maybe it's one of those things where I guess you could make it if she is, if she, I guess she is the daughter of the Baroness. Maybe it's like as she ages, like some of the wires cross, right? And she starts to develop the same sort of potential psychosis of her mom. You you know what? Kudos to, you know, everyone involved coming up with the story in the sense that I was confused as to how they were going to even have a Cruella movie. Like, what exactly are we following? The, you know, we know what she becomes. Like, do we really need to see how or why? And clearly the reason for all of that was like, oh, she was mentored and knew someone even worse than her. And like, they, I feel like with the Baroness, they just went like full evil. Like, everything about her was just absolutely terrible to the point where you're like okay Cruella isn't that bad you know so what she wants to kill some dogs I mean that's what they did with Maleficent too right like I think this did a better job of humanizing the character where in Maleficent they just took characters who were good and just made them complete assholes like the king in Maleficent like they make a horrible person 
because Maleficent is arguably one of the top tier Disney villains for just being straight up evil. Yeah, and she looked it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Baroness is just classic CEO that just murders people on a whim. Money solves everything. Yeah, she goes over the she's over the deep end long before we get introduced to her. And that does to the detriment of Cruella really make her not seem like the bad guy at all or at the end of this movie doesn't really feel like a bad guy. And that's either a positive or a negative however you look at it and what they were trying to do. But I think with that we're wrapping up our spoilery talk on Cruella a little bit. We've given given some initial thoughts some things we liked and disliked. So let's see how far this goes when we take it to our Rickman scale. That's right. We're going to each give our own score. Zero low, ten high. You can do .5s and at the end all three of our scores will average out how many golden Rickmans Cruella will get. Starting at you, Sam. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give it a six. And I feel like I've been giving out a lot of sixes recently, which is unfortunate. But um, it's just right in that realm where you know like i said it it doesn't offend you it's certainly watchable it's well made uh but just in terms of the overall story there's no real surprises it's not gonna put your hooks in you um unless if you're a kid or something or like a you know a a little girl I, i feel like that it might play better but uh me as a 31 year old man it's just you know i'm sorry it's just not gonna do it for me Sam, who is the hardest grader of the three of us on the Rickman scale, averaging a 5.9 after that six. You know, some call me the Baroness of the Quest Beyond. Oh, the Rickman scale, Baroness. There you go. I'm kind of, I'm a little, I'm above Sam. I think the negatives for me, so like an average movie, I would say is like a seven, right? Like. A B, like it's good. It's not great. And this movie's like just below that in some of the stupidity. I'm going to say 6.5. Like if I could say 6.75, I would, but I can't. So I'm going to go with 6.5. 6.5 for Kyle on the Rickman scale. And going to me, I will jump back to a point that Sam brought up. And that was the soundtrack to this movie. I obviously gushed a bit about one song in particular, but this soundtrack is actually pretty, pretty good. Now, I know they did a lot of needle drops in it, but this is my type of music. Every song that came on, I was like, I couldn't wait to hear this song again. And every time they kept coming up, I was like, yes, love this one. You want to give me a Ike and Tina Turner whole lot of love cover? All right, I'll listen to that too. Whatever. Seven. Handing out a seven for Cruella. I did like it. I wouldn't be opposed to even revisiting this one at some point in time. It did lose some marks on the storytelling, and production was a little shaky, but entertainment, that music, that soundtrack, loved it. Seven, and that will give us an average of 6.5 for Cruella on the old Rickman scale. So there you go, 6.5, that is a pass. And we would recommend you check out Cruella as well. But with that, that's our review 
that's the talk that's the news we'll catch you guys next week thank you for giving this a listen whether you are on anchor spotify itunes whatever have you and you like to listen to podcasts we appreciate you guys giving us a listen we had a nice glowing review on itunes last week we didn't address it then but we'll address it now thank you so much out there random stranger who we don't know that was a very kind words and we appreciate it anyone else who would like to leave a review we appreciate that as well when we see it we'll thank you as well and rating systems of course we love it did i check our twitter this time no also forgot i'm pretty sure it's the quest beyond on twitter give it a look though you'll find it you you understand twitter you wouldn't be searching for it if you didn't understand the quest beyond on twitter give it a listen you'll find out when all the all the updates come out from our newest episodes as well as when we'll be going live on twitch.tv slash the quest beyond coming very soon next week even that's yes if you heard that right the wednesday after you hear this or its release we'll be live to talk about the conjuring the devil made me do it probably i i know the significance of the title but terrible title just a bad <laughs> title. i'll say it now not a it's, great title it's sort of just like on the nose of titles right it's too on the nose but yes yeah. it's it's essentially about a court case that happened uh i will double check what the proper thing the proper case was but yes essentially oh arn cheyenne johnson murder in connecticut in 1981 and essentially this murder happened and the defense was the devil made me do it so we're gonna get to see a court case play out and maybe some spooky too but james wan is not back to direct this one like he did the first two they have i think it's michael chavez it is michael chavez okay who the curse of la lorna if you guys watch that in the conjuring universe some more spooky with that too if i guess we'll give one final shout out to kyle as well luke oh, 17 yes um so schedule if you're curious up uh, we've got probably about another as of if you're listening to this as it releases probably probably two more sessions of days gone yeah two more sessions of days gone gonna try to wrap up the main storyline in that and on the 11th i will be starting ratchet and clank rift apart i'm very excited about that probably gonna get about two weeks out of that and then after that i am playing my first ever jrpg and that will be the final fantasy 7 remake so if you love those games please uh join my twitch streams monday or monday friday saturday schedule is on my twitter and on the twitch site uh lugan or sorry twitch.tv slash lugan 17 that's l-u-g-a-n-1-7 and uh i know nothing about those so if you're gonna join me at that point i'm looking forward to it because i'm diving in with both feet and i have no idea what's gonna be there That's your whole next month planned out for you right there. You can catch us Wednesdays. You can catch Kyle three days of the week and watch all those streams as well. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Catch you next week. The quest has been good, but we have taken it beyond.